0: Psalm 22, verses 19 through 28. But you, O Lord, do not be far away. O my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. From the horns of the wild oxen you have rescued me. I will tell of your name to my brothers and sisters. In the midst of the congregation I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise her. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify her. Stand in awe of her, all you offspring of Israel. For she did not despise or abhor the affliction of the afflicted. She did not hide her face from me, but heard when I cried to her. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will pay before those who fear him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek her shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall worship before her. For dominion belongs to the Lord, and she rules over the nations. Isaiah chapter 57 verses 1 through 13. The righteous perish and no one takes it to heart. The devout are taken away while no one understands. For the righteous are taken away from calamity and they enter into peace. Those who walk uprightly will rest on their couches. But as for you, come here, you children of a sorceress, you offspring of an adulterer and a whore. Whom are you mocking? Against whom do you open your mouth wide and stick out your tongue? Are you not children of transgression? the offspring of deceit you that burn with lust among the oaks under every green tree you that slaughter your children in the valleys under the clefts of the rocks among the smooth stones of the valley is your portion they they are your lot to them you have poured out a drink offering you have brought a grain offering shall I be appeased for these things upon a high and lofty mountain you have set your bed and there you went up to offer sacrifice Behind the door and the doorpost, you have set up your symbol. For in deserting me you have uncovered your bed, you have gone up to it, you have made it wide, and you have made a bargain for yourself with them. You have loved their bed, you have gazed on their nakedness. You journeyed to Molech with oil and multiplied your perfumes. You sent your envoys far away and sent them down even to Sheol. You grew weary from your many wanderings. But you did not say, it is useless. You found your desire rekindled, and so you did not weaken. Whom did you dread and fear so that you lied, and did not remember me or give me a thought? Have I not kept silent and closed my eyes, and so you do not fear me? I will concede your righteousness and your works, but they will not help you. When you cry out, let your collection of idols deliver you. The wind will carry them off. A breath will take them away. But whoever takes refuge in me shall possess the land and inherit my holy mountain. Galatians chapter 3 verses 15 through 22 Brothers and sisters, I give an example from daily life. Once a person's will has been ratified, no one adds to it or annuls it. Now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say, and to offsprings, as of many, but it says, and to your offspring, that is, to one person who is Christ. My point is this, the law, which came 430 years later, does not annul a covenant previously ratified by God, so as to nullify the promise. For the inheritance comes from the law, it no longer comes from the promise, but God granted it to Abraham through the promise. Why then the law? It was added because of transgressions, until the offspring would come to whom the promise had been made, and it was ordained through angels by a mediator. Now a mediator involves more than one party, but God is one. Is the law then opposed to the promises of God? Certainly not. For if a law had been given that could make me alive, then righteousness would indeed come through the law. But the scripture has imprisoned all things under the power of sin so that what was promised through faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Good morning and welcome to the second Friday after Pentecost. This is uh, Logan Isaac in First Formation. Uh, The readings this morning are kind of grim. Uh, We had a repeat for... 22nd Psalm and then Isaiah 57 um, is this long kind of uh, critique of Israel um, and not condemnation but definitely a disappointment on the part of God and it ends with this you know, kind of brief you know, reminder whoever takes refuge in me shall possess land inherit my mountain while well, the rest of it is like this is what's going to happen because you guys are horrible um, and uh, Paul's letter to the Galatians—he's um, kind of theologizing. Um, I think Galatians is one of the later letters, and Romans is the one that he really kind of lays out what he thinks and um, comes closest to like a systematic description of his theology. But um, the yeah, yeah, it's all about the law. releases passages and. Um, I'm not incredibly interested in the whole gospel law thing, and Paul can be kind of dry, but it did make me think of headlines yesterday um, the trial of Navy SEAL um, Eddie Gallagher and this kind of bombshell that one of the uh, star witnesses has apparently said, oh, no, 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 Eddie didn't cu- kill this teenage ISIS fighter, um, I did. Um, I spoke about Eddie Gallagher uh, several weeks ago, but he's a Navy SEAL operator um, who was reported by his own teammates for engaging in uh, what very well could be war crimes, just kind of effed up behavior. Um, and the, the case itself has, has kind of shown this divide uh, within special forces and operations in particular but also I think the wider army these two um, archetypes or something of like the the warrior quote unquote who you know kind of wins at any cost and anything seems to be kind of justified because it's for some higher good and the um, uh, the group that people are calling Boy Scouts who, really take the Geneva Conventions and the Law of Land Warfare much more seriously, even if it's not, you know, necessarily effective or or helps us win. It's more about doing what's right. And uh, Eddie Gallagher is the warrior kind of group, and they've come out and said, you know, how dare we, you know, speak ill of this guy. He's got all these awards. He's um, Special Operations, so he's probably got, like, a huge penis, too, and, like, look at him, he's, he's all-American, blonde, haired, blue-eyed, you know, he even looks good, um, kind of stuff. Um, and then the other camp um, are his own platoon mates, um, other special forces, special operators, um, who said, look, he's been killing innocent civilians. Um, this particular case is a teenage ISIS fighter who was unconscious. Um, other special... Operations medics were rendering medical aid, and this is where the star witness comes in. He's one of the medics. Um, Eddie was a medic or is a medic as well. But this um, uh, individual, uh, Cook, I think, he said, Oh, yeah, Eddie stabbed him in the neck. Great idea. Um, But I was the one who killed him. I cut off his, or I, I pinched his airway so that he wouldn't so that he wouldn't wake up, um, so that he wouldn't have to, you know, go through, fill in the blank. And what's really alarming about this is that Cook has testified the exact opposite for some time. Um, and that earlier testimony has lined up with what other people in in Eddie's platoon have said. Um, and it's a big shock uh, because he did it on the stand and it's straight out of, like... A few good men with, like, Jack Nicholson and Tom Cruise sitting there. Uh, You can't handle the truth. I killed the ISIS fighter. Anyway, so it's kind of letting partisanship back out of the bag. All Eddie's supporters are saying, look, he didn't even do it now, and all the others are, are probably rightly concerned that this guy lied at some point, either on the stand or before in his earlier testimony. And I bring this up because the, the emphasis on the law in Paul, you know, why do we have this? Is it, you know, this warrior Boy Scout dichotomy? Um, you know, what point does the law play? Does it really, is it really like the end all be all, like the Boy Scouts? Or is it flexible um, under the right circumstances, like with the warriors? I don't like the, that terminology, by the way. It's just what's being used. Um, and I, I think it's it's an important debate. You know, the law doesn't exist. I'm speaking in, like, the law of land warfare, any conventions. That isn't supposed to make war easier. Um, it's not supposed to make it, you know, something that we can, um, feel good about or, like, anything like that. Um and I I'm, I will show my hand, I'm more of the Boy Scout side, um, that doesn't mean that the warrior group or whatever doesn't have some legitimate concerns about, well, look, we can't do our job. You know, all these rules and restrictions, we can't do our job well. And it's going to take more time, maybe cost more lives, just because of some ethical qualms we have about, you know, killing children. Um... But um, the law, and, and this is Paul, he says the law was added because of transgressions until Christ comes and, you know, the, the consummation of God's glory, etc. But the law is here because of our transgressions. The law is here because um, we're prone to doing effed up things like boiling a calf in its mother's milk or stuff like that. Um, and the precisely the part that law plays whether that's in our spiritual lives or in our political lives, as though there's some difference. But anyway, um, that is actually really important. You know, do we bow to the law? No, we shouldn't bow to the law. But the law does have a purpose. The law points us to something better, to something higher, to something we can all agree on. I mean, that's how laws are passed. And so the laws do serve this important function, but it's not really about the law. Um, And that is... This critique against people who obey the law just for the sake of it being the law, like I got a parking ticket yesterday because uh, I didn't back into the parking. Well, I didn't see it. I didn't break any laws, pulling into this parking spot, and the the meter maid said, "You know, I started writing the ticket. I can't stop," which I thought was horseshit, but whatever, I guess. So yeah, I can get upset about the law, but the law is there for a reason. Um, as I was pulling out, I realized, oh, it's actually really unsafe to pull in to most of these spots because I'm crossing this lane of traffic by not, anyway. Um, So we each had valid complaints and concerns, but the law is in place to help us mediate those. This relatively disinterested thing, uh, and that includes the law itself, but also the courts and the judges who see them. Um, They're there to serve, Communities they 're there for us, but they're also are put in place because of transgressions. The law of land warfare and the Geneva conventions um, they serve a, a function they 're supposed to not favor American interests um, iranian interests russian interests they're supposed to serve this um, intermediary role, and that's why Paul goes on to say now a mediator involves. More than one party, because God, even though God is one, the mediator is God. Both Christ the Son, uh, well, it is Christ the Son, but ultimately, it's God, uh, the Triune God, who is is judge. Um, the um, and Paul closes by saying, if a law has been given that could make me alive, then righteousness would come through the law. Following the law is not a good in and of itself, like the Boy Scouts. Like the law is not all important, even if it is, you know, an imperfect good. Um, Righteousness does not come through the law. Boy Scouts are not the good guys just because they're following the law. There's something else going on, Um, and the law helps us see that, and the law helps us um, enforce and mediate these different things. So I don't know what's going to happen with Eddie Gallagher or this guy Cook, um, but it's something that the military community is keeping an eye on and is really stirring up a lot of important conversations. So as, as I learn more, I'll try and um, bring it up and keep our eye on it, see how it, how it um, unfolds. How Long, O Lord, a poem by Robert Palmer. How long, O Lord, how long before the flood Of crimson well carnage shall abate From sodden plains in west and east The blood of kindly men steams up in mists of hate Polluting thy clean air and nations great In reputation of the arts that bind The world with hopes of heaven sink to the state Of brute barbarians whose ferocious mind Floats o'er the bloody havoc of their kind. Not knowing love or mercy, Lord, how long shall Satan in high places lead the blind to battle for the passions of the strong? O touch thy children's heart that they may know hate their most hateful, pride their deadliest foe. Thank you for falling into first formation where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation slash support. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I piss you off second you can become a co-host by recording a weekday lectionary reading yourself and sending it to me to be included in an episode of your choosing instructions for co-hosts will be provided to you directly and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in first formation in this or any way finally and most importantly you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a recording app of your choice prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode aired anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in morning prayers for pew-pew people. I hope you'll continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.